lyrics for liqueur. Hello out there. Hello, literal world. <laughs> Welcome to Five Fins, the favorite podcast that you've always wanted. That's pretty. That, that, that you've always wanted but never thought to ask for. <laughs> so we just went and did it for you. Now, it's possible, and I think we should get this out of the way immediately, it's possible, very possible even, that... The last time we spoke to you, we introduced the show and referred to the show under some other name. Now, we're never going to mention that name ever again because it's dead to nope. us. We, we killed it. There's a reason why we can't name our podcast that, or it shouldn't say it can't, but won't. And we're not, we're I just going to move on. not to. Exactly. We're just going to move on. And here's the way I'm looking at it. You know, a fish went on stage as Blackwood Convention. You know, the dead went on stage as the Warlocks. Right. Look, we had a different name, but this is our name now. And this may, name makes a lot more sense, let's be honest, because this is what we do here. We rate things from one to five fins. And we are five fins. So we're super happy to have you back. Dan, do you have any other uh, comments on this situation? <laughs> I'm just so glad to be here. I know it's been a while since we've actually like recorded one of these because I've been editing them and doing stuff. So trying to put them up. Yeah, but it's it's all been for the great. And and I thank you for your efforts. Thanks, bud. It has been more of an effort than I thought. But, you know, it's not hard work. So it's just uh, it's it's a labor of love, as they say, which means we're not making money on it. That's what that means. If anyone ever says that, that's what that means. Um, so <laughs> we have a jam-packed opening segment. I think it's safe to say. Wink. Wink. Oh, hey, I actually didn't mean that, but you know what? I'll take it. I'm. Yeah, it's a pretty easy one. It's to, a layup. To land in. That's a layup. On a, yeah, you know, on a, in a podcast about jam band. Yeah. No, that's that was an alley oop. That was right to you. Um, so we have to get things out of the way by announcing the biggest news in the fish world, which of course is that our podcast is available on Spotify. <laughs> As of the recording date of this, it is not available on Apple Podcasts, although that will be coming shortly. And we are available on the Podcast Addict app, I believe. If not... <laughs> Um, you could let us know, except we don't have an email address yet. But you know what? <laughs> We're up and running. We're out there. This is going to be the third episode that comes out. Like I mentioned on the top of the first episode, um, there's a whole bunch that have been recorded that are good enough to put out. So there will be... Uh, kind of, we're going to have archive releases, you know, it's going to be like, uh, you know, it's, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have live fins. Yeah. Oh, live shit. fins. <laughs> live fins. What volume. did I just do? Oh, off the cuff. Oh wow, man. Rope, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And already a better name. So there or, you go. <laughs> yeah. Ladies or gentlemen, there's, there's at least one of you out there. There's now. at least one gentleman and his name is Randy. Um, I love that. Randy. <laughs> Randy, shout out Randy. Um, the actual biggest news in the fish world, of course, is when we're not a news podcast ne necessarily, but this feels like something we should bring up, that uh, the boys are going back on tour, Dan. Have you heard about oh, this? I have. <laughs> Indeed, I have. It 
it's uh it's good to see you know it it there was definitely a minute where it kind of felt like this type of thing might never happen this way again not but in this year i was i was yeah. a skeptic for a long time and then it got to a point when i was thinking like it's getting pretty late to cancel now so maybe they're trying to rework it and i was actually pretty surprised i'll put myself in the kind of pretty surprised camp that this is happening but you know i'm uh, i'm all for yeah, it part of me was uh same yeah part of me was expecting the uh like a bubble type show that i've seen some of those happening which that those kind of look cool i almost would prefer those all the time but that's just me. <laughs> oh, do you mean like I saw like a flaming lips? Have, yeah. Did they do yes. one? Yeah. Yeah. Was theirs COVID related or is that like an old story? Because it feels like something that they would just do, right? Yeah. No, I think it does. You're right. It does. <laughs> yeah. They the flaming lips had them in like the actual bubbles. Is that what you mean? Like they're you're actually in like yes. the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. There's also I think there's been yeah the, oh, con- the like you said the car the shows periscope. Where they do like there's you have like a bubble area you can't leave. I think like right, the sports yeah. are doing that too. You know, like sporting events that are still limited. <laughs> you just park a bunch of cars in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should. You should be able to do that. You should be able to just. <laughs> so good. You should in a baseball game just stand between like the right fielder and center fielder. You just get like you know if they come into your space they have to like get you know get tested. Just trip over the front of the car and your horn starts going off. Yeah, you're sitting there in the car. Yeah. You dented my car, you son of a bitch. It would be hard to prevent, like, fans from honking when the other team was just about to hit the ball. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, I wanted to say that uh, we are your your humble uh, podcast hosts here are not sure what we're doing but of course you're going to be the first to know because we're never going to be uh we're never going to shut the hell up about whatever show we end up going to <laughs> there'll be some kind of yeah, there'll be baby. there'll be some kind of long-running segment and a sound effect accompanied by it for the rest of time <laughs> so we're never going to let you forget it whatever it is but as of this recording uh we're just excited that it's out there right yeah i'm just super happy to see that it's happening I am too. I just want new music. I just want it so. I just. I don't even care if I'm there. I just want new shows. I want new fish. I'm just so excited, and you know, I think that they actually made the best of what they could with 2020 with Trey with the Beacon Jams and with the Trey Page yeah. December thing and their little jams on the barn porch and the whole mic with uh, Leo Kotke. Like they did a lot of stuff in 2020, actually. But you know, it's uh, we're here to see the. We're here to see the band play. (laughs) That's what we're here to do. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing them play some of those Trey songs, too. Like, uh... Yeah, the Lonely Trip songs. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never needed You Like This before. That one's probably going to be pretty good. that one. Um, There's a bunch of them. Silverlight, I think, actually could be really cool with, like, Paige on keys on that. He did that at Beacon Jams, and that was good, too. But um, speaking of Beacon Jams, I was going to – I really don't want to bring the vibe down too much, but I feel like I just want to very briefly mention um, that uh, since the time of our last recording, we lost uh, Tony Markellis, the bass player from Trey Anastasio Band, um, among a bunch of other things – just wanted to throw out there uh, 
hearts go, our hearts go out to his friends and family and everything. But obviously, he's uh, his music is going to live on because he was super awesome. And I was unfortunately I was really looking forward to after the Beacon Jams thing being like a whole kind of like a neophyte in the tab world. I was you know really looking forward to like maybe seeing I do them. Remember this? Yeah, and and. Uh, it's going to be tough to uh, for them to go on and all of that stuff. So I don't know what their future is, but um, you know, Tony was super awesome, and you and I have a connection in that our our friend Dan met Tony one time and said he was super cool. So yes, uh, well, he just seems like such a cool guy. Anyone who can write those bass lines is probably a cool guy. You know? Yeah, and for your and for you specifically, I believe he's responsible for sand and. Uh, Cottage Abu yes, and Farmhouse, and... or uh, some of the songs on Farmhouse, I should say, he really contributed to, and that was one of them that I know is one like one of your favorites. So, I feel like we should give him a shout out since we're going to be talking about how great some of these songs are. R.I.P. Tony. R.I.P. Tony. But you know, he was a, he was a legend, and we don't need to get sad about it. His life, he was awesome, and his life, his music is going to live on forever. And he was super cool. So, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, he held it. He held it so perfect. The groove just. Boom, pocket. Loved it. Just, yeah. I liked all the comments that were like, Heaven just got an even better pocket tonight with Tony. I'm like, that's good. Nice. Also, I want to say I dug out a, uh, there's something you can get on YouTube of him playing, and it, uh, they got Dave Grippo plays on the song, Dave the Truth Grippo. <laughs> it's the Unknown Blues Band, you know, that that was like the band that Trey saw when he first came to, oh, right. to Burlington. I think he met Tony like prior to meeting Fish and the other guys, so. Tony was like a big, uh, important part of that. He was hanging, he saw this unknown blues band and he was hanging out and then he met, uh, you know, the other guys after that, but he was, he knew that, um, there was like a lot of cool music going on partially because of Tony Markellis. And so, you know, he has an un, undisputed important part in not just tab history, but also fish history. So I feel like it's really in important to, exactly. So, th well, wow. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. I actually only knew half of that, but <laughs> Now that I know the other half, I I appreciate you even more. You will be missed. I got a chance to see him at uh, Ghost of the Forest, and that was really cool. So I'm glad I got a chance to see him live. Sad I won't get to see him more, but we uh, shout-outs to Tony Markellis for sure. Um, today's show, Dan, I want you to tell us exactly the date and place that uh, tonight's show happened at. Well, the date is... December 2nd, 1995, and the place is New Haven, uh, Connecticut. Yes, uh, at the New Haven Veterans Memorial Coliseum, yeah. better known as just the New Haven Coliseum. I want to say did they it. really shortened it. That's like a nickname and a half, taking that much out of it. You just have to, uh, yeah. Uh, Going from New Haven Veterans Memorial Coliseum <laughs> to New Haven coliseum that's bold like you could <laughs> well i mean i'm sure if you live in new haven you could just say the call i'm seeing a show at the coliseum and they wouldn't assume you're flying to rome you know what i mean unless unless they have like a replica coliseum in new haven <laughs> yeah i've been to the coliseum coliseum but i haven't been to this coliseum and my chances unfortunately have ended because it has been knocked down but um, I wanted to throw out there, I went on the Wikipedia page and looked up this uh, venue just for research for this pod and only for that reason, because I am so thorough. I did watch, 
about 75% of the YouTube video of Van Halen's Live Without a Net concert, which was recorded at the New Haven oh, Coliseum. Yeah. Really? Yep. Dude. Wow. Check it out, baby. It's uh, early. Or, I don't know if it's early. It's, it's, uh, it's your boy Hagar in there. Oh, oh yeah. Um, who? Some dreams, maybe. It's pretty rocking. You know, you get a good, you get a good fifty-one fifty. You get a killer fifty-one fifty in there, which is a Van Halen song. I, I like. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, and of course, how it starts is it says New Haven Coliseum, and then an animated eighties hand comes out and crosses it out say and says New Haven oh. Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, that's so. That's how you. Roll, that's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know it's going down. And then, and then a bra falls down and lands on the V. I don't think that that happened, but it might have. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't rule. Just, just, I just saw it a couple days ago, and I wouldn't rule it out. Some more uh, tropes of of uh, '80s hair metal music. You know what? They didn't even cross out. The, it just they just cro- it just they just crossed it out so it said New Halen Coliseum. But yeah, they could have crossed out the new and made it Van. You know, right? Um, or just had like the letters rearrange themselves to spell Van Halen. You know, animation was more expensive in the <laughs> mid '80s or whenever that was from. <laughs> you know, you couldn't just like you can just throw money around like that. Uh, Fish's history with New Haven Coliseum, so they played it three times: '93, '95, and '98. Um, and then it got torn down, like I said, in the 2000s, so it no longer exists. In terms of setting up 1995, which we should definitely get to, in terms of setting up 1995, maybe I could start with this. Like, what are your general uh, impressions of 1995 as a year? Do you have anything overall about that year? Uh, I think it's you can kind of start to see the evolution of of where they end up in like the 97 era a little bit, but um, you can also still hear the endings of the more prog type era where the jamming kind of went from it like jumped instead of uh moving kind of smooth from one thing to the next it felt like before it kind of was like more of like play this thing for a little while and then it just changes and they and you play something you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely i totally agree with what you're saying that the um it's so funny because going into this show um I was really nervous about talking about fall 1995, just about the amount that we would have to cover. But really, when I was like listening to it back this time, I was able to kind of grasp the fact that this is a little bit of a transitional period for Fish, for, uh, for Fish, whatever band this is. I don't know what we're talking about. Um, no. <laughs> for Fizz. <laughs> um, no, it is kind of a... The fix. It, <laughs> the fix. for the. I think that they were already broken up at this point wait is it with one x or two there's there's the fix with one x and then there's the two x on that was like, whichever one you want uh <laughs> there was the <laughs> yeah saved by zero was that the two x um no okay yeah so uh this was kind of a transitional period for fish and i don't feel like that when i listened to fall, uh, fall 1995 because of how amazing basically because of how amazing new year's 95 is that it seems like this perfect peak of the early days but 
you're totally right when I was digging into this that I was like, I guess you could look at any year and say, oh, it's a peak of this thing. And you can also say it's a transition between this thing and this thing, right? You can say, oh, it was the early fish meeting. You can hear a little tiny bit of that groovier, funkier fish that's about to happen in the next couple of years. Right. Uh, we've done the, we put out the uh, Lille 97 fish show. You can kind of get Lille Rana. You can kind of get a, a like a little sneak peek of like where the band is going in that direction. But um, the big thing with 95 to me is I think that this is the year that they kind of accepted the fact that they were now this large stadium touring band and they were no longer a band that could play standing room clubs and bars and stuff. If you look at their touring schedule in 1994, it's always funny because they played standing room places and then they also played madison square garden you know so they're yeah i mean it's also you know not to beat a dead horse but um because i wouldn't beat a live horse either i love animals yeah why Um, why yeah we should i hate that yeah it's so sad you know anyway yeah but um but yeah so in 95 it's i like a lot i think it's really cool that a lot a bunch that fish (laughs) didn't um kind that the they were able to avoid just, uh, you know, as people came over from the dead scene, they avoided becoming the dead, which I think is awesome. And I'm sure that there was, even though they had already established themselves, I'm sure that there was that some level of pressure involved with that, uh, just with the influx of fans that had started coming in the wake of Jerry dying and yeah, that's something that should be brought up that uh, Jerry Garcia passed away on August 9th of 1995. And, you know, that transition had already begun to occur slightly with certain facets of the uh, the Grateful Dead world kind of uh, coming on to the fish tour. But obviously by uh, at this point, we're talking about early December of 1995. So, yeah, that, that, that right. uh, already begun. You mentioned this. I had this in my notes, just the idea of I think that this is their transition to arena rock as a band, as opposed to the kind of the vestiges of the past sort of club bar sort of you can listen to shows from even the early 90s and still get the hints that, you know, they did. They weren't playing this (laughs) on tape for. Are, 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 they weren't playing this music thinking it's going to be on tape for somebody listening years and years later. It feels like this is kind of the beginning of them realizing that, oh, this is Fish, and this is what we're going to be doing, and this is what our job is. There's a lot of interesting stuff about 1995, and we're going to get into a lot of that, I think, with the show. But I would say that one of the things to me is their sort of slight reluctance to accept that they are at this level of fame while also their total ability to play in this realm that they're still kind of clinging to certain elements of their earlier sound or earlier songs or kind of you know playing an acoustic army in the middle of a (laughs) a jam or playing these like we're going to hit one of the, like the song fought in this show. Like you hit these certain yeah. things where it seems like, you know, there's still kind of, there might be the slight growing pain of them sort of not understanding what does and doesn't work in arenas, but I think it works 
really well in retrospect because it's like it makes you really appreciate the extreme variety of what they were capable of in this period of time right. <laughs> uh, but you realize like this would be really strange if you saw a band like playing this in a gigantic arena like what 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 is happening right now but uh that's one thing that i wanted to point out before we get to that but yeah i mean there's almost like usually i kind of try to do like shows that are like there's too many good 1995 shows to mention in this opening segment i mean if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to fish in 1995 just just throw some stuff on. You you, you throw a dart, you're gonna hit it's, an incredible yep, show. Hitting something good, it'll it'll stick wherever you land. <laughs> and stick. as we get into the show itself, I'll I'll highlight some more, uh, you know, important versions of songs and such. So, you know, it's all flypaper with a ph. I like that. Boom. Done. There's the <laughs> intro. It's all flypaper. <laughs> um. I think we should get to the show, and like I say, we will circle back to other. I'm at least I'm going to circle back to other points about 1995. So I don't think we have to set up other, anything other than we're in we're in uh, 12-2. So uh, uh, November of 1995 is an incredible month for the band, also. And then this is seeming like basically we're in the kind of build up to what is going to be the climactic peak of the new year's 1995 show so um yes so we're gonna take a quick break and then we will be right back with set one from the new haven coliseum on december 2nd of 1995 oh boy 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 <laughs> Welcome back to Five Fins. Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate you not leaving. That's right. We realized that was um, a super long break. No, hopefully it's not. Mm-hmm. When we uh, say 15 minutes, we mean it. Yeah. Unlike some people we know. If we did 15-minute breaks between <laughs> our podcasts, that would be great. Like every... It's like we're gonna get to the second set, and it's just fifteen minutes of silence. Yeah, fifteen minutes of ads, <laughs> or just fifteen minutes of like house music, but it's playing really, really slowly over conversations of people around you. Like, yeah, so where are you from? Like, yeah. and it's literal too, like house music. So it's like house yeah. Yeah. music, <laughs> but it's j- slow house music. Like, this is what we have to do: virtual set break. <laughs> now that people are going back to actual shows we'll corner the virtual market that'll be our um that'll be our uh 
failure of a business plan. They'll just, um, they'll just fill them with Easter eggs. <laughs> People will be like, whoa, did you hear what they said last set break? Oh, you got to <laughs> really listen carefully to hear it. But there's crazy stuff in there, man. Something about a one ring and this dude named Frodo, he's trying to get to this mountain oh. or something. I don't know. It sounds crazy. No, we need... I'm not the right host for that. You need Stephen Colbert, I think, <laughs> <laughs> to host that show. I don't know if he he's made jokes about Trey Anastasio on The Office, but I don't know if uh... or Sunshine or Sunshine or our friend Sunshine. Yep, he could do it. We can't just say we have a friend named Sunshine and leave it, but we will because we're going to we come did. back to it. We just did. We just did it. <laughs> what we're about to do is talk about the uh, December second, nineteen ninety five show that was done by the band fish from burlington vermont but this show took place in new haven connecticut um so we open with prince caspian which is interesting for a couple of reasons number one is that the last time we spoke at least in terms of the podcast that have been released um we were talking about the 2017 version of that that took place at the uh the pittsburgh pete the, uh, the Peters and Events Center in 2017. Um, that obviously became this huge Type 2 jam. Uh, this one is a very early rendition of the song and doesn't include uh, any jam. In fact, pretty much just ends as soon as the last like chorus ends. And so it was interesting kind of researching this because obviously I knew that... Uh, Prince Caspian came out on Billy Breeds, but I don't think I'd really dove into like early versions of Caspian. So yeah, there were uh, a few versions like this before it actually became more of a jammed out song. They would eventually, in 1996, they would eventually bring out both the intro and outro jam on this song. Um, it's so funny to kind of hear it as this just straight up kick-ass opening to a <laughs> show that yeah. has no jam at all so right. it was a funny thing because i didn't really know what to do with the rating like at first i was like this is kind of like half of a version <laughs> so should i yeah so should i give it like you know 2.5 but then i was like but it's not like half good it's not you know it's just that they haven't quite gotten to it yet by the way i want to shout out the 1229.95 version that has it's kind of like this except when they hit that last chord with the oh like then it kind of dissolves into this like chaotic noisy thing that's not even really a jam but just kind of noise that was really cool. So shout that I went out if you think this one's cool. So, but I, I liked it. I, I The novelty of it was fun. So I bumped it up to a 3.4. And by the way, we should mention that we are going to do more gradients of the fins ratings from now on, probably. <laughs> so um, we're we utilizing all sizes. Yeah. So we're utilizing decimal places more to make it a little more, I don't know, a little more interesting, a little more flexible. With a pH. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts about Caspian, which is a song I know you love, Dan? Yeah, I totally agree with you. The shortness actually uh, didn't really bother me. I mean, it, it was disappointing just because of how much I love it. And then compared to the 
Pete version that we just listened to, obviously. Not quite the same thing, but partially the, one of the reasons I love Caspian to begin with is the lyrics, even though there's so few of them and stuff. But um, but yeah, so I went with a, I went with a 3.8 because just I love it, but it was pretty standard, you know, not much besides the normal song. So pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, I just thought, you know, it's hard to rate it because it's almost like not a full version of the song. Um, right. So then we go into Runaway Jim as the next track. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be the first Jim we've hit in our run of uh, podcasts oh. here. In, in terms of the ones that have Good. been put out. And I think oh. actually... Even the ones we've recorded, right? I don't think yeah, we've done. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely possible. <laughs> this is what's crazy about this band, right? Great we kind song. of recorded a bunch of these I know. and not hit yeah. a song like Runaway Jim. Um, I, I've always loved Runaway Jim and been fascinated by performance history of like just having occasional amazing jams and then most of the time just being a completely normal song (laughs) that's like fun in the first set and this is definitely kind of the latter version of that obviously later in this month we're going to be get we're going to be getting the uh incredible new year's 95 version which goes on for about 16 minutes so obviously this isn't that but uh this is just kind of the normal fun energetic we're opening a show version this is kind of a double opener phenomenon here but they're breaking in prince caspian and then i like going into jim and trey solo is really great and so this is just a classic four for me just a great four fin performance of uh runaway jim what was your take on that yeah i love jim as well because of how it moves with with uh, the lyrics and then the jamming and then back to the verses. I love when everyone take that. a drink every time Dan says lyrics in one of these, by the way, I'm just going yes. <laughs> to, that's a great take a drink five fin drinking game. A, a leer, some kind of, yeah, some kind of alcohol as well. It has to liqueur that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> liqueur lyrics for liqueur lyrics for um, liqueur. Yeah. I definitely, one of my favorite songs as well, uh, an early song that I heard and enjoyed. The story in the song is hilarious to begin with, and they do the math there with the 119 to you and me. That is that's so great. It's so it's so good. It's I love so that so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just such a great fun song, and I love the the way it climaxes coming back in, and then kind of like slows down again, and then hits another peak. So it's wonderful. Um, I gave it a 4.2. Because uh, obviously I know there are better versions out there, but uh, I really enjoyed this one personally. I really enjoyed a lot of this show, so get ready for that, people. <laughs> I'm gonna be the one who has to throw water on the fire a lot of the time in this podcast. I can already tell, and I'm not the right oh, guy for yeah. that job. But um, <laughs> speaking of 4.2, which is funny. Um, that is the grade that I gave our next performance, but I'm guessing that you went higher than that. Um, You're damn right I did. We come to Mound next, which is also going to be our first Mound, right? In this, yes. uh, in this run of I'm pretty shows. sure. Yeah. yeah. It is a great song. I was really excited to just hear it in general, <laughs> like listening to right. shows for this podcast. But just I, for some reason, I don't think like even though I listened to Fisher Bunch, I just haven't uh hit that one 
recently. I went with 4.2. I, I think that a tiny bit in the sense that I feel like I do like it third. I like the placement of it. It feels like a Fishman might be a tiny bit lost in the compose section here, um, but it's always a little bit hard to tell in that because of how abstract that section is. So yeah. I felt it felt a little off to me. I think he he's off or maybe something throws him off and then the band is going a little strange. So, uh, but I love mound. I mean, we can talk about it, just the stuff that we love. I mean, the whole beginning part with the clapping and then the band playing. That part is so good. It's always made me laugh. Yeah. They actually nailed the, the audience at this show really kept on beat. Like they really nailed the clapping. I was surprised. Usually it dissolves way faster than it did for this one. Yeah. Yeah, they stay on the horse. You know, these uh, people were younger then, you know. Uh, and uh, in terms of, like, the song itself, I was thinking it's funny how it's an interesting Mike song. How I mean, it was one of his earliest compositions for the band. I've always liked how the composed section is kind of abstract and weird, but then his part sort of basically mimics the vocal line of the first part. So it's, it all kind of holds together in a way, but when you first hear it, it seems like almost completely chaotic and just the beginning and end with that blue blue, like with that slow blues part, but it being this totally different song. I've always loved that. So you and I are both big fans of mound. Um, It's great to have it in here. Uh, I, I, yeah, I dinged it a little because of what I perceived was a little bit of a hiccup in the uh, composed part. I gave it five. Like you said, the blues sections on both sides and the way it just transforms just with that guitar line that just cuts across the whole sound. Kind of, it's like riding a wave. How first you're with the drums and then you kind of feel the guitar come up over the top and then everything else catches back up behind it. It's just really neat. Yeah, and I didn't actually notice the hiccups, really, so that's also what contributed to it being a five. <laughs> yeah, I, um, well, so the next one I is Gula Papyrus, which I gave a five because it was, that was it for me, was like, I feel like this is just perfectly played. <laughs> I think that the thing with Mound was a little, like, I just felt like there was a couple cymbal hits that he was, like, a measure behind, and it was like, whoops, and then mm. they kind of, um, but maybe I'm imagining that. I don't know. I was listening to it, and maybe I was just being hypercritical. But I'm not hypercritical of this uh, Gila Papyrus. I have to say, this is a perfect placement for it. And it's, a, as far as I can tell, a perfect performance of it. I like the little bit of a jam they would do in the mid-90s at the beginning of it. Um, you know, where they would, they would just do a little bit of a vibe on that kind of reggae beat. And I thoroughly enjoyed this version perfectly placed and played as far as i'm concerned and i know that the reason you chose this show specifically was so that we could <laughs> hit a gula papyrus and that but i have to say song. that didn't fit into figure into my ratings this really is a five out of five for me i was like this is perfect in every way so there you go yeah i gave it a five too again a lot of these songs are songs that i heard when i was first getting into fish yeah. For whatever reason, I, yeah, I love the flow of the song. I love the back backing vocals and the reggae feel, just everything about it. I really wanted to hear it, so that's why I chose this show in the first place. I had a whole bunch of them picked out, but this one seemed right. So, 
I also gave it um, a 5, except I went just a little bit further. I gave it a 5.5 because I wanted to hear it so bad, and I thought it was performed so perfectly. But not my <laughs> extra fins, just an extra half of a fin. Okay, yeah, just a little... Just a little, just a little extra, yeah. a nod, a tip of the hat to say, <laughs> this is why I picked this show, although you're not my favorite thing that happened during this set. You know what? I forgot to do that. I should have done one of them as my extra, like not extra extra, but just a little bit extra. <laughs> just I an forgot extra to do that. little tip. But what if we're that? talking about extra fins, Dan, if we're talking about extra fins, which I think we are... <laughs> You know, then this next song gets my extra fins, which is not going to come as any surprise to anyone. No, I was about to say that is unsurprising. (laughs) Not (laughs) that there's anything wrong with that. If you know me for 10 minutes, you know, my name's Kev and I like Harry Hood and Reba. And I want a Reba in the first set. I want a Harry Hood in the second set. (laughs) We got... We only got the Reba in this one, but that's okay. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have... I w- this is one of those things where, I mean, it's perfectly played, perfectly timed, perfectly executed, and the jam comes to a perfect peak, and then Fishpin comes in at exactly the right time. And so I can't really be like, well, I thought that Paige's uh, tone... With, I, I, have no, I have no criticisms of this whatsoever. I'm just going to... I'm just laying that... This is the... I'm just, you know, I'm just going to lend, you know, if you have any criticisms of it, let me know. I don't know how they can improve upon this kind of performance, but go ahead. I <laughs> gave it a 4.9 because. All right. I well, that's like the end of the podcast, it has... folks. It's been fun. <laughs> uh, no, I like the whistling. I like the whistling. Okay. I okay. That's fair. The that's fair. At the end of the song. That's, that's all fair. that I Is that so much to ask for? I just like the whistling a lot. I will say, yeah, if they're not going to do the whistling, then go right into my sweet one. That would be a slight criticism, right? Like if the, if they're going to, yes. if it's going to hit, you know, and then just go right into my sweet one, right from, from there, you know, that would be something. But in terms of the performance of the song, I, I just think Trey is they're at such a great unique period in this time of Trey being still that young you know star-eyed guitar player but he's transitioned already into this it's kind of like he's always been an arena rock guitar player but he's just now playing actually playing in a band that's playing in arenas you know and it's like and he's like looking around going, oh, yeah, I already know how to do this, but it's somehow perfect. I, I, yeah. yeah um, and then around the because so far I kind of felt like in the tape that we were listening to, the Trey is obviously the most in front in the show. But I felt like during Reba at like the 1240 mark. Um, Paige just cut like straight through the mix and just was like front and center. It was just amazing. It was just a really good, really good jam. I love the way that it goes into the jam too with Reba. As the 3.0 fan who loves 3.0 Rebas, going into a Reba not having to worry about whether or not <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a kid who has their or I'm like a parent who has their kid in like some soccer league or something like in 3.0. I'm like, oh, I hope Trey gets through the compose section, okay. <laughs> I hope he makes it to school on time. And when you go back to 95, you're like, 
oh right this is 15 beats per minute faster and they hit all the notes exactly perfectly in their sleep all the time because all they're doing is playing in fish there's not there he's not like oh i wonder what's going on with my you know orchestra thing tomorrow <laughs> like this is you know, <laughs> which you know i'm not hating on i'm just saying it's a different time they're in a you know they're 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 on the bus they're in the band they're doing what they're doing and what they're doing next is Dan's bluegrass alert. Bing 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 You've surprised I mean, me. I gave it on a three and a half. I thought it was just a normal, you know, pretty good. Well, that's average. the thing is like, what, what could they, if it's going to come I, anywhere after Reba in a first set and played perfectly, I don't know. What the fuck else are they going to do with it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> I, I do, I do though have to say that the I'll Buy You a U is like I'll one of you my you. favorite things ever. <laughs> it's just so freaking funny <laughs> that was the thing i was like what's the point in because i feel i feel okay with being like okay mounds 4.2 because i feel like they, they this isn't like the best executed version or i feel like jim you can always go oh well there's like you know crazy versions that are the extra fin five out of five versions and this is just okay but i'm like my sweet one i don't know you know this is this is what i want out of it <laughs> this is yeah, where i, I want mean, it there also was in this tour, the 95 tour, yeah, the 94 tour also, there's a ton of the bluegrass stuff, and a lot of it had, you know, I think they play um, My Long Journey Home a couple of shows before this. So I love the fish grass, but those those are, I'm blue, I'm lonesome, and Long Journey Home, that those are my jams. Uh, one you have to check out is the Hampton 1995 show. Where oh, they do? I, I I checked it out. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're aware of that. Where they do the poor heart, the slow the poor heart, s- the slow. All right, as you know, I am a fan <laughs> of slow things, and yes. I gotta say, slow poor heart. I think slow. I, I'll co-sign that. That that thing was amazing. Slow was poor like, heart is the how it is forever. <laughs> slow poor slow slow poor heart is the uh, 1.0. Uh, slow llama for you right it's just <laughs> yes dude imagine imagine if they had like conway twit imagine conway twitty singing that song at the pace that they're it's yeah it's such a perfect country song but the way that mike sings it is perfect too you know what i mean it's just yeah it sounds so amazing anyway that's not that's neither here nor no it's not but i just there. it is hampton but that is I, yeah that is i your, your <laughs> first folks i i knew slow Slow so, somehow I knew you checked that show out. I was like, oh. there's no way he let that. He, there's certain <laughs> shows where it's funny where I'd be like, have you heard Night 2 of Great Went? And you'd be like, I damn, is that the. But if it was like, have you heard that show where they did Poor Heart three times? You're like, yep. Yeah. Heard that one. <laughs> Saw that. Uh, <laughs> been there, done that. Uh, the next song we hit is interesting here. So it is the song Free. Which, of course, is on the album 
Billy Breathes. We're getting debut, you know, we're getting early versions of the Billy Breathes material here. So Free is an interesting one in terms of its performance history. This is kind of coming right in the period where it's still not in its finished state, I guess. This one, ha it still has kind of the sort of theme from the bottom-esque jam. Yes, that which is uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to so, get ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I should clarify that by saying I'm not sure that I I don't know any specific reason that or I don't know that that actually specifically happened that they decided this is too much like this, but it just always reminded me of the jam that they would eventually adopt on theme from the bottom. You know, I'm always interested to hear these versions. I do think I prefer the way that they ended up playing the song. And of course, we're about to get to maybe the ultimate example of that in Fish History, where I prefer <laughs> the version, at least for me. I don't know that I prefer the version they ended up playing. But um, it's fun to hear Free in this kind of uh, rendition. So... You know, they play a kind of what, like, I guess is the head of the song, and then they go into where it would now kind of break into yeah. a kind of the funky breakdown with uh, Mike really leading the way. It turns into this more sort of spacious open period, which, again, I think because it's also, I think it's in the key of D, which is the same as theme from the bottom, it just has this kind of very open feel. Um, I like this version a lot. Uh, you know, it was fun a to bunch. listen to a bunch. <laughs> um, if I'm comparing it against other versions of Free, it's tough because I don't want to give it like a lot because I think that the best versions of that are other versions. And But I did go with a 4.3 fins for Free. How did you feel about this kind of interesting early version of the song? I friggin' loved it. I ended up giving it my extra fins for this set okay uh, okay the the it the the drawn out um because basically the theme from the bottom part is where it's like the end of that jam right where it's like the outro with like the walk down uh section and that just goes for so long in this yeah and I, I just, yeah, I loved it. I, the space of it, like you were saying, how it just kind of just opens. And it just, it literally, to me, it felt like it just kept getting wider and wider and wider until it, like, all came back, you know? Gonna get wider uh, when I die. I had to make a Ghost of the Forest reference. Nice, but... nice. Yeah, this this one, um, just the jamming in it like i was surprised it wasn't it was less than 15 minutes i was genuinely shocked by that <laughs> uh i looked down and i was like what no that's impossible it's been at least a half hour so i thought it was just great great stuff my extra fins go out
there's definitely at one point uh when they came back in to the yeah uh when they started singing again and i just it was in my head like from 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 yeah exactly you know that's and I, I think that's the thing to me more than anything else like in a way if free had just been this song it actually kind of makes more sense with the name of the song being free i guess because <laughs> it feels like a more free <laughs> type of jam so i understand why they did that but i will say ultimately i prefer them doing that type of jam on theme from the bottom also i think i just prefer theme from the bottom as a song if i had to pick between the two i think like free has kind of become a little bit how do i say it without being me like in 3.0 it's are great though it's great but and and the one and, and i will say the one it that i saw at uh, the 2016 uh, new year's show was when they first turned on those like ring lights at msg and so oh, when the bass, oh those those yeah. little devils <clears throat> and when the band we were up in the top part and when the bass thing hit you know bah, bah, it was like the fourth song of the set or something they turned those on for the first time and it was like the craziest so i'm not i'm not a free hater <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination um it has gotten maybe a tiny bit overplayed and slightly predictable in 3.0, I, just to lend a slight criticism. But in terms of listening to it in this era, and, you know, it, it's a completely different song. <laughs> I liked hearing it, you know? So that's what I got. Um, this next one is a very interesting uh, selection that's going to take some explaining, uh, which is the taste that surrounds. Oh, Kevin, you got some splaining doo doo. <laughs> Trey and Fishman. Um, so <laughs> we have the taste that surrounds. So this is basically the best way to explain this, I think, would be the band originally debuted the song Taste pretty similar to the version that we would, uh, you know, that we now know and presumably right. love. Which is very interesting that um, yeah. it took the direction that it went. So, yeah, in like June of 1995, I think I sent you the June 25th version for like a reference point. Um, yes. Was it like a real early version of it? And then uh, they eventually completely changed the song into a... I shouldn't say completely changed the song. They kept all of the music, except they completely changed the lyrics, and it became a pretty much Fishman-led song with Trey also singing that was called The Fog That Surrounds. And those are Fishman's lyrics? So those are, I mean, they're credited to all, they're credited to all the band members and um, Tom Marshall. And Tom. Gotcha. So I assume that what's happening there is that they were uh, beginning the process of writing songs out of the Salamander Prince, like the uh, the whole collection yeah. of lyrics that like he's mentioned that anytime like the band and him are credited, you know, jointly, that's usually a situation where they're all writing songs out of hit the book and he's not actually physically in the room. But of course, he gets credit for writing the book. So just to finish this up. So basically, it became the fog that surrounds and then it turned into this hybrid version, which is what we're hearing in this one, which is the the take, which, you know, I think basically fans called the taste that surrounds, which is like kind of half of one and half of the other. So instead of getting those early verses like that we expect from taste we're still getting fishman singing it but then trey starts singing the latter part of the song and then it turns back into taste and then 
On 7-12-1996, it reverted back to the original version of Taze and has stayed there ever since. It was funny in preparation for listening to this that I listened to the first version they ever played of The Fog That Surrounds and the first version they played back as Taste, and both of them begin with Trey introducing the song where he's like, <laughs> with with The Fog That Surrounds one, he's going, well, you know, you, uh, you we're about to play a song and you think you know what it is, but you actually don't know what it is. <laughs> and then that the uh, the last one is him saying, "Well, we're gonna do a song now. It's called Taste. For a while, it was called The Fog That Surrounds, but it's back to being called, like he had right. to yeah. he had to usher it in and out. Um, in terms of the version of this, I mean, I like hearing this. It's it's fun. It's worth noting that the main thing that they got out of the whole experiment <laughs> of doing this was that last section uh, that Fishman sings which then became a part of Taste and has become since then Step into space, alter my place, which I can say, that whole thing, what came from that. So it's worth mentioning, uh, you know, that there was something to do with it. Just as a preliminary thing to, for me, is like, I just have to say, this has to be one of the craziest things they've ever done with a song in their catalog. <laughs> as somebody who's listened to a lot of this band and listened to a lot of early versions of songs, the idea of wanting Fishman to be more included and wanting the band to become more democratic totally makes sense to me. The idea of completely changing an already pretty rock solid song with totally different lyrics sung by Fishman is bonkers to me in a lot of ways, but you know, the result of it, first of all, I like, I like the fact that he sings that part in the song. It remind that part of taste always reminds me of the part of, limb by limb where mike sings the um uh, yes you know where I mike know comes exactly in with the yeah and yep. i am singing it far away like you think that it's the song that's going one direction and then just having it kind of open up in a way is great and having a different vocal line it's great and so maybe overall having that kind of this weird interlude is you know an interesting idea 
but it's crazy to think that basically they like put this song on they put a song that was relatively done on the shelf for like an entire year and replaced it with yeah, another thing so it's something they wouldn't do now for a variety of reasons but i it's 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 amazing to hear uh the different versions and i don't mind this version of the taste that surrounds it's a good version you know i didn't have anything against it but just i'm rating this against tastes other tastes and not taste that surrounds i guess it would be a five in version of taste that surrounds but i'm going with uh i went with a 3.8 i don't think i can go a full four for like the not actual taste but i really enjoyed hearing it so i it's not a negative thing i just kind of went uh you know, it's uh, and I'm really glad we hit it in this show because it's fun to fun to talk about it. What were yeah. your opinions like overall of the whole like transition? I well, first of all, I I did give it a full four. Um, yeah, I so bizarre that they went from having the song that we know and love to something different, and then back to something else. Like I don't know many people who have done anything like that. If I know any bands that have done something like that i prefer the version that we know now to the other version to this version as well yeah having fishman singing because he doesn't sing in the new version right other than the section that came from this the step into right, space all to my part. place yeah okay which right. i think is great i think i i yeah, really love that part's nice yeah um you know what always gets me though is the timing of the song on the the hi hat. Yeah, whatever is happening messes with my head and always throws me off for a minute. And then they get <laughs> into the jam, and I'm like, okay, yeah, here we are. This this much more. I feel much more comfortable. <laughs> I also have to say though that the fog that surrounds is a great name. So if they were doing it just because the name is so good, I understand. Yeah, was did you listen to the fog that surrounds without yes. the other part? What what did you think of that? Uh you know, I got I, I didn't think much of it, I'll tell you. <laughs> no. It uh yeah, it was it was like uh it almost felt like incomplete, if that makes sense. I wonder if it's like one of those things where just cuz you know it's taste, you know, it's weird. Like if that were like a new Fishman song, on an album i think i'd be like oh yeah. that was really cool you know but like right because it's already taste and taste is better it's just weird to be like why is fishman singing this whole time <laughs> it's really strange <laughs> but yeah i i think it's funny how they were just so willing to do these kind of experiments at this time while they're still blowing up you know and they have a million songs they can play and they have a bunch of things they can do and they're like well let's figure this out can we get fishman involved on this you know i i just i think it's really interesting and the fact that it all comes around to that part like i say that reminds me of the limb by limb thing where suddenly he's singing that melody i just love that and i think it works really well in the fish catalog to this day so you know it, it was fun to hear it and i'm glad that uh we hit it and obviously if we get to shows that i just have fog that surrounds we'll see how we feel about it then but the next song we hit is one of my favorites um which is bouncing around the room Mine too. yeah uh obviously it's uh maybe an unfashionable one to say is one of your favorites but i just always love it 
And uh, this was another one that I just felt like had uh, pretty perfect placement. And uh, I dug it. It's a it. nice break. So it I went. fits well. Yeah, I went four and a half. So Me too. Yeah. I match. We're matching. We didn't call each other, I swear. We this never do. Call. Yeah, no. we never we never This is all surprise, people. <laughs> this is all live. Um anything else to add about bouncing other than just Um the only thing that I would like to add about bouncing is that uh it's it the one thing that kind of stands out in this song really a lot is uh how you can hear Trey smiling when he sings, which I feel like is kind of unique to to Trey, and it's wonderful. So I just find that super endearing. And I, I also gave it a four and a half. One of my favorite songs by Fish. I didn't know that was controversial, but if it is, I guess I'm just walking into another one. So <laughs> put it on my tab, my Fish controversy tab. <laughs> yeah, but just it's people who are against it are, I think, just reacting to like it being something that's on spotify is like their number one track or whatever but it's right. not you know um Nerds. no i i <laughs> exactly no i've always i always like it and again i i i'm a big placement person as we've established a hundred times on this podcast already in three episodes mm-hmm. so you know uh this is great i love it penultimate as first set one that's a great uh it's a great spot for it um another great spot is to put possum at the end of set one which is what we get mm. next year um, yeah, I I'm gonna jump right ahead of you here and go first for a second. Sure, yeah. Another controversial opinion. I'm not the biggest possum guy, and I'll explain why. I think now their versions of possum aren't as good. So when I say that, I don't mean that they're not good, but I feel like now they stay in that pocket, if you will. Um, but th- so this version actually surprised me because I'm not the biggest possum guy, uh, and I when I saw how long it was, I actually got a kind of nervous, and I was like, ah oh, man, I don't know. Um, but I like that. I feel like they start the jamming in the '95 versus now. I feel like the possum jam started out slower. Like now, I feel like they just come right. Uh, yeah. the speed of the verses and they just hold that speed and it doesn't really back off like they just keep rocking the whole time um and it's slower i, like I mean it's a, it's a lot slower now right yeah well i mean like as far as like the pacing leading into so like the jam the verses back then are faster so the jam starts slower i mean like the whole the slower. whole thing is faster <laughs> is much faster right I would say. yeah and then late in the song around the 845 mark, Fishman starts doing these drum fills that are just friggin' insane. And it goes for like a good uh, 40, 50 seconds where he's just doing nonstop fills. So that was really awesome yeah. as well. There's, yeah, and he's, then, yeah. Fishman is like the MVP of this. Yeah. This, so this is funny that you mentioned this because I was going to say, like, I was thinking about this like, we haven't really had a possum conversation on the podcast, right? I may, we might've covered one at some point, but it was kind of just whatever. But um, I think I totally understand what you're saying about it. It's, it's one that's kind of, it's touch and go for me. Like, I think it, it can be, 
like I think about the Magda Ball version of it, and it's like that's the perfectly timed, absolutely great placement of we've already done huge, long, cosmic jamming, and now let's just be a bar band for 10 minutes <laughs> in front of, you know, 60 or whatever, to 40,000 people and just, you know, show that we can just wreck over an E blues jam, you know? And, right. and if it's that, then I'm 100% in. But when it feels like they're trying to kind of, which this one does a little bit, it feels like they're trying to kind of go they're trying to make it the most epic thing ever. <laughs> it does get a little flat for me, <laughs> particularly actually, I think in 1.0, it feels like they are often really, really reaching for possum to be this like incredible thing. And obviously Trey's guitar is great, but I'd almost prefer his guitar is great over like something like that kind of like free jam we got, or obviously like the Reba or the Runaway Jim, than just kind of like a straight up, you know, regular blues jam thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think we're kind of on the same page. I but you know I'm not I'm not against uh, this possum. And I, I gave it a 4.2. We should mention this is going to be our first uh, secret language that we've hit. They do an all fall oh, down yeah. signal at the beginning of, of Possum. Um, so that's fun. So trade is the, the little ring thing to begin the uh, secret language signal. And then they and then he plays like the bow, 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 bow. And then all the people in the audience are supposed to fall to the ground. So that's what's going on there in case <laughs> you're curious. Which would definitely freak you out if you had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I was like wondering how effective this was by like the time they're doing like a Coliseum the size that like Van Halen <laughs> recorded a concert at like is this like it seemed like this idea made more sense in more limited capacity seating and obviously they kind of you know began to do it less and less frequently and then basically stopped for a while so uh particularly the all fall down one just seems logistically tough the larger <laughs> the venue at least the simpsons thing like you can yell dough no matter what arena you're in but um either way <laughs> they did they did that so i went with a 4.2 on that uh on this possum just based on kind of the secret language thing and i thought it was a pretty fiery version and uh like i say i prefer him you know shredding in this period on things that are slightly more interesting than possum and i feel like possum has like it's overreaches a little bit in this time period sometimes and uh you know has a tendency to be a little bit of a skippable track if you're listening to a show and not talking yep. about it for a podcast but regardless <laughs> you know um i'm not against it so it's fine and uh i might have liked it a little bit more than you did but yeah um yeah i think you did i gave it a four yeah so you get you liked it point two fins whatever point two fins yes Mark it down, folks. This will be like some when I'm on trial for something. This will get brought up. <laughs> this will be some he evidence. He liked it. Point two, point two fins more. more. That's, point two. That's all you need to know, gentlemen. Then every what kind of a lawyer, man does that. <laughs> yeah, points to me, and it's like this sick mind. Um, <laughs> so we. A, this is not a family man. <laughs> With a ph. This is 
This is a man who rates things point two different. <laughs> Tell me about that keyboard solo, Mr. Thomas. Where were you that day? <laughs> All right. We will be right back. Uh, we had set two from the New Haven Coliseum, and we're going to be talking about the Van Halen show. So we open up with 5150. No, I'm kidding. I think that was all one set. Summer uh, nights in my radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Set break. Here we come. Uh, yeah, we're going to, the lights are coming down, and we'll be back in 15 minutes with some more five fins. <laughs> we'll be back in 15 minutes with a pH. How about that? Nice. Welcome back to Five Fins. Hello. We are here. Where? <laughs> here? Look, oh, look over here. Where the? <laughs> we're you over know, here. We're over there. We're over here. You we're know over that? there. Yes, we're over here. We're over. <laughs> we're in Baldinsville. We're in Albany. <laughs> we're here talking about the band Fish. That's what we're here to talk about. We're not talking about... I was doing the... Uh, uh, is she really going out with him? You know oh, that song? nice. The yeah. Joe Jackson? Joe Jackson, yeah. Yes. And there's a live version where he's like, he goes, look over here. And the whole audience goes, where? And it like actually surprises him. That's um, really good. It's That's fine. pretty great. That sounds like and something like, that the band would do, or that the fans of uh, the band Fish would do to them, like with uh, it does, Harry yeah. Hood, right? Isn't that didn't they do that for the first time? They when they yelled Hood, no, the band was like not expecting that. Yeah, because uh, which is hilarious. Let's just say, let's just say, friend of the podcast, Jesse Jarno. <laughs> 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 or no, Benji was it Benji Eisen? Yeah, Benji, friend of the podcast, Benji Eisen. That's who. Ph. Yes, friend. I like having friends of the podcast who don't know about and will never be on the podcast. That's our strategy. Unless they um, want to be. Unless they want to be. In which case, by all means. And they forgive um, us for our libel. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we're going to get through this whole season without getting sued by somebody. Some entity. Nah, they won't waste us. a lawsuit. They'll just tell us to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. We're not worth it. Um, but what is worth it is set two. <clears throat> so we're back. We're back from set break. The lights go down. The band walks back on stage, and you start to hear that grumbling, that low rumble, and then we're into 2001. It kicks oh. in again with the kind of not really sure where to place any kind of criticism. Obviously, the band didn't really begin jamming on this in the same way that they would. 
uh, eventually until a little later in the 90s. But uh, Speaking of that, do you know when the first time oh. that they played this song was? <laughs> yeah. Sneak attack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh I'm going to say 1993. You are right like you always are. <laughs> and I must stress, people, that we don't rehearse these things. And I intentionally pick songs that I know he, he wouldn't be expecting or have needed to do any extra research on or anything. Like, I, yeah. I look hard I thought you were going to go. The songs I thought that you I were going to go with a different one. That is yeah. not a I joke. Was actually... I, like, try really hard to throw it all over the place, and he gets it every fucking <laughs> time. Nope, um, there's there's been yeah. ones we've recorded that I didn't get it right that I haven't put out, but it's not because of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should do that anyway. Um, I should just yeah. I should put them out anyway. Yeah. Oh no, you should never put them out. We should always just pretend like you get it right every single time. Pretend I get it right. No, yeah. I've definitely got I've gotten a couple wrong, but I did I think because that one they do in the uh, Murat Theater. Yeah, or the uh, I'm sorry, no, 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 the Tinley Park. Sorry, the Tinley Park '93. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, they uh, first time that they did it was July 16th, 1993. Um, yeah, it was a second set opener in that period. And this version is not, uh, you know, no disappointment to me. It's pretty standard in a way, but I actually combined it my score with the next song. I kind of felt like it was all one unit. Yeah. What was your score? Oh, before I get to my score, actually, I forgot to mention. At the debut of 2001, it was also the show where they played Purple Rain for the first time. And it didn't say whether or not he tucked, but I would like to know. So, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so my score for for this one and the next song was actually all my extra fins for the set, which is... <laughs> I know surprising, oh, wow. okay. but yeah, it's, it's it's only actually not. I I was I was wondering. So you 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 lumped two thousand one into maze. Oh. Um, oh. yeah. This is I went four point eight on two thousand and one only because I didn't want to go full five for <laughs> never go full five. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go. Uh, I didn't want to go full five or extra on that just because, you know, if I'm thinking about the great went and some of like the amazing like late 90s versions to go like, right. oh, yeah, five fins on this. Like we're, we're still pretty close to that period. And I guess we haven't really talked about this yet, but that the fact that you can just so clearly hear where this band is headed in the next couple of years and also how tied in they still are with this sort of early era of the band, which we'll get to in a couple of songs here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think it's it's such a unique period and have, uh, this is just such a slam bang, like, don't, don't get me wrong, in no way am I angry that there's no jamming in a way. Like, it's kind of a similar thing to what happens with the Caspian in set one, right? where, like, you know, Obviously, I expect there to be like some funky, cool jamming on it, or with the Caspian thing, like some guitar Soaring laying out guitar, kind of jamming. Yeah. yeah, but you know, to just get <laughs> just to get to the meat and potatoes of the thing and be like, get get you dancing and then head you right into this incredible version of Maze. So you you went with extra fans for the whole set. Yeah, so I went four point eight on uh, 
I went 4.8 on the 2001. I went for a full five on maze. I am not spending my extra fins yet because you already know what I'm, I'm spending I my extra yeah. fins on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have to say, this is a full. I'm, this is I'm not putting a full five on this maze lightly. I mean, this is about as good as you can get in this period. And I think I judge maze on this metric where if you've listened to fish for a long time and there's still a point in maze where you actually go like where Trey's soloing and you actually go, Oh, come on. No, just do it. Come on. Come on. No, that's how, you know, it's a good version. like it hits that point where you're just like i can't take any more of this i can't you have to let me out i can't yeah you know um oh yeah i know this has this that in spades it reminded me of the great went version not to bring up great went a bunch of times but um you know just yeah i remember driving with you when we were driving cross country putting on the went version and you actually doing that today well come on this (laughs) (laughs) when it gets to that point where you're like i can't but that's what you want from a maze, and this is a great second set opener, so I appreciate I, it a lot. So yeah, the way that first of all, the way that it went from like the two thousand one, just like so, the way it just slammed into maze, like full force, just like a punch. Uh, that was just nuts. And so to me, the maze, the reason I gave it the extra fins was that it it is just full speed for ten minutes straight. Like there's just yeah. no break, no slowdown, and uh, it just yeah. At like around eight minutes, I was like, "What is happening?" And then around eight thirty, I went, "Oh, that's right. That's where we are. That's okay." And then at the end of the ten minutes, I was just thinking, like, imagine the lives lost, the phone calls to loved ones. <laughs> It's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of dedication. Just yeah. madness. How it just kept going. We got simple coming up here. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I liked this version. I went with a four point one. Um, oh. I liked it a little bit more than a four, but not not much. I guess. Um, I you know I love simple as a song. I think I my favorite versions of simple are when they're parts of mike's group yeah mike's you know this is you know coming a year and some after the one that i'm thinking you're gonna pick up on the the uh halloween 1994 version but um i do kind of like like 93 and 94 versions too but yeah i mean i i i enjoy uh, a good simple 
it feels like, yeah, no, I, I thought that this was a four, you know, and I, and I liked it a lot. I'm not sure I had like a lot else to say other than just good placement, but you know, it's, uh, it is what it is for me. So what'd you think about simple? Well, as you know, and literally just mentioned, uh, simple is one of my original favorites. Uh, it's on that live fish 13 that you gave me, which is the 94 one from Halloween. And, the thing that I love is uh, in this version, it, they hit there around at the six and a half minute mark later. That's the part that kind of got me like really hooked on fish because of the like the tray and uh, cactus section where it's just the two of them. Just uh, the way that the sound plays off of each other is just gorgeous. And then yeah. Paige, Paige just kind of like tickling stuff a little bit. Um, in this version too, I thought that again, Fishman, as we said, like MVP for real. Yeah, he's great. He's great in this. Yeah. He's all over this second set, and that's another thing about that would be something I would point out. Maybe if we're gonna trade, like, thoughts about skipping between these 1.0 and 3.0 shows, is like I think Fishman's drumming style now opens this kind of more spacious and open door to things whereas when you're listening to these songs like particularly in this set it's just he's really (laughs) just hauling (laughs) ass on everything and really loud and really in charge of the the jamming he's just like cranking out at uh like the 545 mark he just starts like ripping his tom every like third and it it literally just like sounds like james brown is like grunting into the microphone so it's just like Hoo! yeah i do think he does some weird vocalizations oh, yeah. in the back there yeah but, and uh, i gave it yeah. a 4.2 which is 1.1 more than you gave it that's hilarious <laughs> see this is good we're like i i think that the way we had the ratings before it it yeah. agreeing it made but then this is not doing the right yeah not we were agreeing on things but then not doing the ratings the right way so it made me seem like more of a hater than <laughs> I am. which i love i love it i want to be the bad cop you know you're not that great of a simple are you it's gonna be pretty easy for you i just imagine being a bad cop for fish just like holding a light <laughs> under have you ever heard this other version of simple mister where were you that night um The next song we get is in some ways a curiosity, uh, which is the song Fart. 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 It's like fart for Boston. With with the Boston accent, yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I guess we should say it. So this is Fishman playing acoustic guitar. And, you know, uh, some like new new age. (laughs) Is that the right term? Uh, new age music playing over it, like oh, the yeah. Uh, yeah. sounds, the like synthesizer. He, well, there's like not new wave, but like new, like like uh, yeah, the you the would, sounds you would hear at a yeah, like at like a uh, massage studio. parlor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I love it. So <laughs> you love it's, it, okay? I love it. Well, I love well yeah, well, I was. I was curious, what what did you think about, like, what, yeah, you're into, like, synthesizer stuff on your yeah. own on your own time, but what what do you think of, like, um, 
Did you, are you familiar with like the album? This is on a picture of Nectar. So that's worth mentioning, I suppose. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was played from 92 up through this period. And then that was kind of the end, <laughs> uh, toward the end. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, go ahead. What would you, what were your, what I were mean, your fought opinions? <laughs> I mean, I always love, uh, a good fight. Like ambient, yeah, a good fight. <laughs> you like a good fight. Ambient sounds, ambient pads, stuff like that. You like to go to the Sox games and have a good fight. Have a good. You eat enough hot dogs and you just let out a big old fight. Um, <laughs> I only gave it a three and a half, though three and a half fins because. Um, Me too. It's you know pretty standard. It's nothing really special, and without being at the show, it loses its. Uh, value in a way not value but it loses its uh yeah it's like it's less like it's it, it's yeah, kind I'm of not, less vital right if you're not like not actually him there play the acoustic you know what i mean so it's you're not just, seeing him make the fart noise with the trombone or whatever happens at the end of it i'm yeah. not sure is that a vacuum cleaner um I, well who could say right but um people who were there i guess the the <laughs> other thing that i would say <laughs> new, is... ha- new havenites <laughs> The other thing I would say is that the I'm so glad that they're adequately amplified now for the acoustic stuff. Yeah, uh, because well, yeah. I just would be so the shushing and stuff. It's and people yelling sometimes. Sometimes it's like why yell when you know it? Do you yell on purpose when it's quiet? Like <laughs> what are you doing? Like come on, just wait. You can't hold back. And like trust me, I get it. I've been there. I've been at the shows, and like it's hard. But yeah, at some point they gave up on the non-amplified stuff. I think this is probably probably the end of that. I mean, it definitely gets amplified immediately following that good yeah. old thought. But I was gonna say, <laughs> in terms of this, I in terms of this, I chalk this up as the kind of 1995 thing I was mentioning earlier. Of there's still a little bit of that left in them like oh let's do acoustic army where we all play the acoustic guitars or, right let's all jump on the keyboard let's all uh, we're gonna do barbershop and, and i think again i think this is kind of like a little bit of a growing pain of just them being like a little bit more famous than they anticipated <laughs> at this moment in their career <laughs> and i also think when we talk about the, this band or any band but when you talk about like their evolution, you kind of think about the things that they did, right? So it's like if we're talking about this show, it's like, oh, you can kind of hear what's going to ha- come in 1997 or like, oh, with the other jams this year, you can kind of hear what's going to happen in 3.0 or something. But it's also always interesting, I think, to note like the things that they stopped doing. And this is one of those <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> we don't need to stop playing full instrumental jams to play monkey sound effects over the speakers. Right. People aren't really into that. <laughs> and uh, we're going to let Fishman play a electric marimba instead of an acoustic guitar. That's our, that's our goal here. But you know, Great with that said, too. not a terrible, not a terrible acoustic. I, I kind of like like the thing he's playing on yeah. the guitar. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. I just think yeah, it's, it's pretty. pretty. Uh, well, if we're talking about songs that are on our picture of nectar, yes, that's on. that's what you call it. That's what you call a podcast transition, Dan. Oh, just so you know, never. So heard that's of when it. on a podcast we're never talking about a topic. 
<laughs> let me explain it to you. So we're we're talking about that song, and then I, as a transition, because both of those songs are on a picture of nectar, I said, if we're speaking about songs, which, which I don't think that's correct grammatically, but I said it anyway. If of songs we speaketh, I'm watching. I'm rewatching Sopranos episode. Like, all due respect, if we're talking about, if we're talking about <laughs> songs from a picture nectar, we can't. <laughs> What we if we if we got to get one of them whacked, it's going to be fought because we ain't touching Tweezy. You know what I'm saying? Basically, which it comes next. Just just when just when you think that you're out, <laughs> they pull you back in. With all due, my favorite thing about that show is just, that the ultimate drinking game. If you want rewatch Sopranos, is um, with all due respect. Look, tea with all due respect, and then they say the most insulting thing possible about like them, themselves or their wives or their families or their oh kids um with all due respect tweezer comes next um oh. you may be negative 15 percent surprised that this gets my extra fins oh oh wow does, does it what yeah. no way i'm what? so surprised what no what no <laughs> what what um so we have a lot to get to with this tweezer here it's interesting to go through versions of tweezer from this from this time period and realize that the one from this show is relatively normal and straightforward (laughs) like you have to adjust your expectations for tweezer in this period so i just want to throw this out there as kind of a Oh, like, expectations. I adjusted more than my expectations. <laughs> you adjusted your, I adjusted your, my your pants. belt length? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're talking about, so just, I just wanted to frame this in terms of like. I framed my belt loop is what I framed. <laughs> that much. <laughs> this is, this is like a vaudeville act. We could take this on the road. <laughs> <laughs> we just gotta get a we gotta get like a guy to juggle or something uh no so juggle. oh there you go boom well we need like a good looking lady or something then i can shave <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we can we can it's not that, it's we're not that far away no um so i was gonna say if you just look at the history of Tweezer beginning with the Bangor performance from 11-2, which is obviously like kind of the one, which is obviously the version from a live one, first of all. That's the thing it's most famous for. But it's also was done right after the uh, Beatles Halloween show, the Live Fish 13, the aforementioned Live Fish 13. Uh, if you go from that performance to this show which would be a little bit over which would be a month over a year so 13 months um tweezer has had a lot of great periods and it is in most ways the band's signature song but my goodness this is just an incredible run that we can't get all the way (laughs) we can't even begin to discuss if we wanted to but i went on enough of a binge today to be able to discuss some of them so we have the (laughs) the bozeman tweezer which is one of my personal favorites. Bozeman, that Montana. Took place. Yes, which also, you know, appears labeled under the name Montana. Oh. There is an incredible 
version from uh, 12-30-1994 in New York. There's an, a great version of it from Jones Beach, which is basically an, a, a half hour in length. Uh, we have the, of course, the Fleezer that takes place on June 22nd, yeah. 1995. Ooh. To let people behind the curtain a little bit, there was a possibility that this episode was going to be about that show. We will get to it at some point, but we are uh, not there yet, as the jam chart selection says on Fish.net. Must effing here, you know, that's not <laughs> something you get lightly. Uh, uh, there's the Mud Island version. There's the uh, there's a really great version from Worcester. There's a great version from Lake Placid. There's the one we're talking about today. It's just an embarrassment of riches for Tweezer. And I, I, I'm kind of in lumping Fleezer and Mud Island into one category. One thing that I think happened with Tweezer in 1985, or 1994 going into 95, like I'm saying, begin, you know, beginning, I think, with the kind of Bozeman Tweezers of the world <laughs> and moving into this period, is that... First of all, the band's recognition that this was going to become the main jam vehicle for what turns out to be basically the remainder of their career, <laughs> or at least up until this point. Um, in listening back to them, it was really interesting to me. I prefer the Mud Island tweezer to the Fleezer. Um, Mud Island reminds me a little bit more of the type of jamming that they're going to get to in the 3.0 era. It has a lot more different kind of sections. I think the Fleezer is an example of them. And this kind of early example of them jamming that I think I didn't really mention on the free from the first set that for me, I think they perfected a little bit better in the later 90s as opposed to this period of the 90s of, uh, letting the jams become sort of these free-flowing rhythmic expressions as opposed to kind of a wall of notes from Trey or something. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, for my own personal fish taste, like that kind of the jam on free um, and some of the, like the, the jamming on Fleezer and some of the jamming from the tweezers in this period feels a little bit, uh, more i know like trey was introducing his percussion rig at this point and stuff and it was becoming a little bit more uh this kind of he was almost forcing the band to jam without him you know in a way that i think really paid off you know big dividends in the late 90s where he was totally able to remain playing guitar the entire time while they would play something that could uh, develop into a funky jam and it didn't need to you know like hit a cowbell for five minutes to get Paige to like lead the way and so you can kind of feel some of that change happening in this show I think um, in terms of this tweezer specifically I feel like it's important to note that uh, the show that happened on 12-8 of 95 also has a really great version of tweezer and I have to say I listened to that for the first time today. I'm usually somebody who has heard oh. a lot of different jams and wow, was it, oh. it absolutely incredible. It was much, much better than this version. If just one reporter's opinion. Um, but what, <laughs> one thing I will say about this version 
like I said, it being kind of a straightforward version for the period, um, a lot of the jams from this period, if you go through the jam charts and also just the regular versions that were played, and I was listening to a bunch of them from the fall of 1995, um, a lot of them include like other things in them, like they'll have like segues into like Makisupa or they'll be like the one from 12.8 that I'm talking about, that one has like Kung in the middle of it. Or they have, oh, they're nice. coming from like yeah. Dave's Energy Guide things, or like the Fleetzer has the whole My Generation thing. There's a bunch of stuff going yeah. on in the in the Mud Island version. There's uh, kind of like a whole solo section for Page in the Bozeman version. So they they were already turning this into kind of like a multi part jam, a la the Tahoe Tweezer version. But the one that we're getting for this show that we that we are ostensibly i am ostensibly talking about from december 2nd of 1995 that one is it's interesting to hear because it's so kind of straightforward in a way it's very uh, it's very powerful trey is just starts out by kind of setting up a groove and kind of trying to play along with that groove and just kind of try to stay kind of funky and loose and then just sort of it almost sounds like based on some of the other versions I've heard from this period, that he almost kind of senses like, hey, it doesn't really feel like the band's kind of into that stuff tonight, so I'm just going to start ripping faces <laughs> off. And that that's all he does for the rest of it. Yeah. And so, as you know, like, that's, you know, I have a soft spot for that when Trey is like, oh, is it my turn to carry the whole load up the mountain? Okay. And then it just becomes this, uh, oh. yeah, it just becomes this solo fest. And there's so many, there, there's two incredible peaks in this, but there's a lot of great moments. I really like even early on, you know, a couple of minutes into the actual jam. I, I love that. And then there's a couple of great peaks in it that really just explode for me. So I'm a big fan of this one and it gets my extra grins for stuff too.
spot for it as well, but it wasn't a soft one. Uh, definitely <laughs> gave it a five. Um, there Again, is... we're not a children's podcast. No, we can't stress that enough. Not at all. And uh, gotta say again, uh, like you said, there were definitely some peaking in my on my side and some explosions as well. Uh, around five twenty, tick off that box that says mm-hmm. it's not intended for children. Now Probably. we're gonna have to change the five. That was that is definitely a good call. Uh, around like the five twenty mark, because I actually was kind of zoned into. Uh, Cactus and Leo, um, at first because you know, it, I I certain songs I I like to try to listen to the rest of the band instead of Trey at least once when I'm doing the listen through, um, because some of the songs are set up not set up but the the way that it flows you kind of just find yourself pulled towards trey you just listen to trey and uh yeah sometimes i like to try to listen to the other guys also when so i can get a full picture of it and uh around the 520 mark uh cactus and leo are just like locked in and he's slapping and it's lining up with the keys so perfectly and then of course there's the peak i think one of the peaks that you're talking about around like seven and a half minutes yes it just like speeds up all of a sudden it's just like oh man that's great and then yeah around 12 and a half minutes i was like that now they're just showing off yeah finally cool down for that i i understand why you would give it traction fence and i was considering doing so myself but i just had to go with maze because it is one of my favorite songs anyway as well yeah it's funny because i actually considered maze but i knew i was gonna pick tweezer yeah see and it also points to the fact that I think we could agree that from this point on, while the show is good, it this is definitely the peak, right? And it kind yep. of goes. I would 100% yeah. agree with that. Maybe 150% um, agree with that. No offense to the rest of the show. No, but there's nothing that you could even kind of pick out as like, oh, I'm going to remember this specific thing. And so I'm actually going to say that uh, I gave fours throughout for the rest of it. Just I liked it, but it wasn't. There's nothing that I picked. Yeah, out. nothing really, really stood out to me. Um, obviously, I love "A Day in the Life," great song, but you know, average version. And I gave that a four point three. Golgi again, average version. I gave that a three point eight. So pretty much fours throughout for me, except for um, "Squirming Coil." Uh, there was a part in the just as the uh, jam section started, well, the the page part where he was like uh, Trey was still playing and it had like a dissonance going uh, for a little while around like almost the six minute mark and it was just yeah. really cool and I was like this is okay this is neat because it it almost um, it was totally different from all of the rest of the squirming coil sections you know where it's just really beautiful and a great you know yeah. a great ending to the show or to the set always i in my opinion but uh yeah so that was other than that though everything else was standard so i gave that a, a 4.3 as well 
and then of course tweet prize who doesn't who doesn't love a good tweet prize but i didn't rate tweet prize because i you know it's just it's the same every time yeah i suppose tweet prize is probably like an automatic five it should probably be a five yeah um i was gonna ask you about coil um because okay so we have uh, okay let me do this so first of all i would say the it's weird to me that like i think the way this set would go now like tweezer would be first of all tweezer would be a little longer and then they would have it's it it feels like it keeps ending over and over again (laughs) right like it's like it's like like a day in the life could kind of close the show and then golgi could could close the show yes and then coil could close the show and then tweet price could close the show and then bold is left so it feels like it keeps going and going but i think again we're talking about the early stadium days of they've already you know played a really great set and and you don't want to like let us not forget that they've played however many you know whatever they've an hour of incredible music you know so i understand their desire to kind of do this and also if you listen to a lot of the shows from 1995 they're doing a lot of the they're doing a day in the life a lot yeah i did notice that which was i i knew that they played it a lot but I didn't realize how much exactly, but it's like really, really a lot, a lot, a bunch. Um, I was wondering about Coil. Are you like, do you like Squirming Coil in general? Like, are you like somebody who. Squirming Coil is one of those songs where it starts and I go, ah, and then. Yeah, two and, and a half gets minutes going later, and I'm like, like oh, I'm so stupid. I always forget that this is where this song goes. Yeah, I have the same thing. Like, I remember I it was one, like, it was kind of a skippable one for me for whatever reason, even yeah. though I'm such a, I'm so in the bag for Trey composed stuff. But, like, until I started listening to very early 90s shows, like 1990, you remember this, I went on this quest where I was listening to all the top-rated shows from the 90s, so I went yeah. to, like, uh, yeah, I listened to, like, all the top-rated shows from each year. So if you listen to, like, you know, the 10 top rated shows from 1991, you hit Squirming Coil a lot. <laughs> and I remember being like that getting me into it because somehow the versions after that, I just never really kind of got it. And I think the the piano solo always seemed sort of like more gratuitous than I like fish music to sound in general. Like I think one of the things I like about the band is the collective element more than just specifically one musician just playing one thing. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of big arena bands, it's like, Oh, we're going to have now we're going to have the guitar player play the guitar solo for 15 minutes. And that kind of threw me into being like, Oh, is this kind of something they did in the arena eras or something when I was listening at first, but then going back, I went, Oh no, this was of course like, just like, you know, a song in the early days along with like when they would play <laughs> Colonel Forbins a lot and stuff yeah. too. So it changed my opinion of the song a lot. And I love the composed section now a lot. And uh, I still love the piano solo. I don't want it ever to not be a set closer though. I just feel like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you it, have if to... it was in the middle of a set, that would be awkward yeah yeah because I, I mean and even with sweet price ending like yeah. i like that but yeah you know i, I definitely like... get what you're saying with the like stadium type thing 
especially like a guitarist, you know, or bass, drum solo, whatever, you know, the whole band like steps off to the side type of thing. And uh, yeah, to play something after the way that the song ends, even as Tweet Prize, I mean, just come out and encore Tweet Prize. And I should say, like, I had my squirming coil moment at SPAC. Like, I went up and I went to the bathroom and uh. I came back and I grabbed, I, gra- I like, I bought a beer and the line was short and Paige was just playing the keyboard solo and I knew that, like, it was going to be the end of the set. So I just stood there and waited and watched it by myself on the screen. And I had, I was like, oh, this is what this is. I understand this moment now. I get this. <laughs> I understand, like, you're at a show. It's like, this is the cathartic moment of this is going to happen, you know, and, and people, and then, you know, when this ends, there's going to be a bunch of people rushing for the bathroom, but I'm going to be going back to my seat (laughs) and I, or not even a seat, you know, seat on the hill or whatever. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I love coil now. And, uh, where at this point with live music, I, I, I'd give my left arm to see them play a squirming coil 17 straight times in a row. So, uh, I wouldn't give my arm, but I might give a testicle. (laughs) <laughs> that's what i was gonna say but then i was like yeah what am i doing with my i, I need my hands to make things <laughs> i don't need my i'm not using those again we're not some we're not some toothbrush and five yeah I'll don't tell you that listen much. to this kids while you brush your teeth they you won't like um it. it's gonna be uh... that would be funny <laughs> might give them some ideas um all getting cut our next song <laughs> is bold as love we didn't really mention that as the encore oh, so my, my so from the that's a song by james marshall hendrix and it was released on his uh album of the same name although i guess you could say the album was called axis bold as love <laughs> um I, it just in terms of the order here it feels like it feels like the way it would go now right is like tweezers longer and then you take you, like a day in the it's either tweezers longer and then you take out either a day in the life or golgi preferably golgi so you would do tweezer a day in and the then life. maybe maybe a day in the life and then coil ends the set and then you have bold as love and then tweet prizes the encore yeah yeah that would be the order right I they hadn't figured that out in 1990 not to armchair quarterback your decisions in <laughs> 2021 fish sorry we're just saying we know how you would do it now <laughs> Uh, I liked uh, Boldest Love uh, as an encore, though, like I say, it's, you know, I think of it like now, obviously, it would be Boldest Love and then Tweet Prize, but getting it after, anything after Tweet Prize is like, oh, they're still on stage? This is weird. Uh, but yeah. we're just 3.0 heads, so, but I, I you know, Boldest Love is great. I love, uh, I loved uh, Trey doing uh, Hendrix, so uh, I went with, a, this is a classic uh, four for me, so. Yeah, I I went with a three and a half. It's it's it was pretty standard for me, and it almost felt uh, Weezer and Maze like really take a lot out of you. That that little yeah. run, <laughs> that that whole run. I just by the end of it, I was like, this is exhausting at this point. Um, I don't even know if I needed this encore. Like they could have just been like, we're sorry, we're done, and I would have been like, that's fine, guys. Like you're you're all set. So. It kind of just felt pretty normal to me, but I also agree that, you know, anytime you can hear Trey play uh, yeah, some of the Guitar God songs like uh, Jimmy or Jimmy, either Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> with an I or with a yeah. Y. 
So, um, yeah, three. Yeah, and a half, no, I pretty standard for me. Yeah, I'm, 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 I hear you on that. Also, it's funny on the streaming services when it doesn't have the set, you know, it doesn't have the encore break. You're like, right. when did, the, when did this end? Like, what? <laughs> when did the yeah, it just, hit, it just hits you, and you're like, oh, I didn't even get to sit down. Because if you said like, if you said, oh, they walked off stage after Tweezer, I'd be like. Day in the life, Golgi, Coil, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we talk about the, or you, you see like the double, triple opener thing. Like, oh, that, that show kind of had a triple opener. It's like, yeah. it's like, this is like, this is like a great show, but it has the, it has the quintuple closer. <laughs> it's like they just keep closing it over and over. But you know what? You know what it's uh, or, or like Springsteen, isn't that where he you know, yeah, he's coming out like for another encore or something? Um, but oh, it wasn't yeah. that, you know. No, you're you're right. I think also when you listen to early '90s Fish shows, the um, and then this is '95, so I guess we're kind of spilling into that period. Like the first part of set two is always like the meat of it, and then the last part is like early on. It's almost always like you'll see a set list. It'll be like like a Mike's groove and then something that they jam on. And then it's like, hold your head up, right. <laughs> you know, then it's, yeah, like, it's like, then it's like vacuum. Then it's like a bunch of goofy stuff. So like now they're doing arenas, but they're still kind of trying to figure it out, but they got Beatles covers. So, you know, they're, they're working it out. You know, they're, <laughs> they, they, they they're trying to, it out. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, I feel like that's, a good place to end. We sang some Beatles songs. <laughs> they sang yeah. some Beatles songs. <laughs> yeah. We exactly. all sang some Beatles songs. <laughs> yeah. It was great. anarchy. That was a, a pretty great show overall, though. It's uh, definitely a point in the direction of, of my mind of uh, 1.0 versus 3.0. Definitely. Yeah. But the war is not over. And I. Am, oh, really? I am this was looking... like a strike? Yeah, they like this is this is a pretty good pretty great show as far as like I get like the the jamming style and everything. I was like this is pretty this is pretty awesome. Uh I I saved a bunch of shows from the 95 tour that I'm surely going to listen back to now, uh especially the ones with bluegrass stuff in them. But yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, war's I not was... over, though, of course. There's lots to come. And I do look forward to getting a 3.0 show next. Yeah, next time we uh, record one of these, we're going to do uh, a 3.0 show. There's a possibility that I edit one of our old 1.0 episodes and put that up in the off week. That's fine. Um, but that's only for our $100 an episode subscribers. <laughs> So that's the uh, euro. That's the that's the bronze level, <laughs> or whatever the exchange is. Like, so what's that? Like ninety five yeah. euros. Yes, for exactly. the, the Belgium guy. If in case we have international listeners, which if we do, we love you. From and, countries and, with good waffles. Yes. Need we say more? <laughs> and it's not France. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have good waffles there too? They're more like crepes. We're talking about waffles, people. We're talking about waffle countries. Really, really thin pancakes. <laughs> yeah, so we're not talking about thin pancakes. Though we could be. I, had, I do like some I had, breakfast. I had the best waffle I ever had was in France. I have to say. 
There was this stand called Wonder called Wonder Waffles. You could stop right there. Yeah. You wouldn't even yeah. have to say anymore, and I'd be like, I. I don't I care if it was a tourist it. trap. That shit was delicious. I'd I'd buy the whole stand right now if I could. That's like you know. <laughs> Guy's probably not in business anymore, but hey. That's like Waffle House, like you know. So you 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 think you know what you're getting, and then you go in there and you're like, oh man, this is this is even more than I thought I was getting. This is amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Waffle House. That's our first sponsor. That would be great. It'd be hard to cash in on the discounts, though, because we don't live like Or IHOP. I'll take IHOP as a sponsor or Denny's. <laughs> no, we get we get Waffle House as a sponsor, and then somehow we get into those Alpharetta shows that Fish is going to play. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> and we get like a bunch of Waffle this House is, to eat after. Isn't this the worst aspect of Fish fandom where dates are announced and i'm like well i can't this athens is an hour away i mean i could it's like you know it's just if they said and i'm like why am i doing this like what <laughs> like right. this is fun for you no start one trying to figure things <laughs> out and then doing? you're like oh man the logistics are actually harder than i want them to be <laughs> you're like you're like I'm not flying to a different state. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an adult now. No, you know what? If you're doing that and you're listening to this, good for you. But I can't. I, I'm too. I'm too old, Dan. Too old for this crap. I tell you, <laughs> they gotta get. They gotta have this back. <laughs> I can hobble over there in my wheelchair on my <laughs> walker. Anyway, um, this has been a great. This has been a great episode. Yeah, I, I agree with the whole thing about uh, 95 being this great transitional thing, and it's really fun to like. Um, think of it as a transition period as opposed to this just being a ramp up to one of their big peaks but i think their big peaks are 95 97 and 99 so just to be anytime you're near like the new years of those years you're just headed for straight gold you know <laughs> you just can feel the band is on fire <laughs> so um this was really fun man and like you said next time we're gonna uh record we're going to do a 3.0 episode. I may or may not drop other episodes in between, but then we're going to get on a schedule. It's been, uh, it's been fun, buddy. It's been great. This was wonderful. all right. Listen to this is wonderful. This is a really show. fun show. Check out, it was check really fun. Out. All right. Uh, well, we will see you next time on this long running podcast of which is called five fins. So Thank you guys so much, you guys. Thank <laughs> you. Gals. Yes. We'll see you next time on Five Fins.